Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the full moon in Cancer. I'm going to be experimenting a little bit with my channel over the next coming weeks. Um, I'm going to be trying to put out some more shorter form content type of videos. I've been doing the weekly forecast that was more of a long form type of video for a long time, but we'll see what happens here. I'm going to be talking a little bit about some of the important aspects that we're going to be experiencing in the sky together some of the important planetary ingresses, uh, and perhaps some special topics, including some philosophical explorations, uh, some cosmology videos, uh, maybe some special things like specific fixed stars and specific Deccan videos. So I'm trying to make it a little bit more easy to consume uh, in shorter little bites. That's something that I think that uh, will work a little bit better. And, and let me know what you think in, in the comment section if you like this new kind of approach that I'm taking. Again, I'm just trying to experiment a little here. But let's talk about this full moon in Cancer. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the two de decans that are associated with both the sun and the moon's position uh, and the tarot cards associated with those particular uh, positions as well. So if you've been following along with my channel, you know that there are particular tarot cards in the minor arcana that are associated with each 10 degree section of the zodiac. So today we're going to look at the two of pentacles, which is associated with Capricorn one and the two of cups, which is associated with cancer one. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the chart here. We're also, over the course of this video, going to look at an I Ching reading that I did for you, which is another divinatory method that will help bring us some clarity about uh, this, this lunation, and uh, hopefully will give us some, some direction. So let's first look at this screen here, and I'll share my screen, and we'll take a look at the chart itself of the lunation. So you can see here on Tuesday, December the 29th, 2020, at 10.28 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're going to see the sun in the first decan of Capricorn at 8 degrees of Capricorn, opposing the moon at 8 degrees of Cancer. So full moons are always uh, oppositions between the sun and the moon. And Dane Rudyard liked to think of this as the culmination or the, the um, ripening of the fruit of, that we planted at the new moon. So we, we planted a, a seed at the new moon on December 14th, which happened to be a solar eclipse at 23 degrees of Sagittarius. And this is kind of the fruition of that seed that we planted. Now there are metacycles associated with full moons as well. This full moon can harken back to a new moon that we experienced in the end of June. I believe it was June 21st. So if you want to think about what you were trying to achieve or what kind of seed you were planting back in the the summer months that you might be seeing something come to fruition here as well. Um, so let's take a look at one of the things that we're going to look at is um, who is the host of our lunation. So here we have the sun that is hosted by the planet Saturn. And Saturn, of course, has just changed signs uh, into Aquarius and made a conjunction with Jupiter. And we've talked about in previous videos how important this conjunction was uh, hearkening in a new elemental age, a new air age that we're trying to make sense of, I guess. Uh, that happened on the winter solstice, and we're going to be kind of uh, unfolding that as the years go by here. That's, it's going to be a slow process, something where we're going to be um, trying to understand how we're going to be moving as a society into a more 
um, decentralized type of uh, experience. So that's what's hosting the, the sun. Now, in Hellenistic astrology, a planet was responsible for another planet. So here we have the Saturn being responsible for the sun. Now, the moon is having a little bit of a, a special kind of experience here because the moon is in its own domicile or its own temple. So it has resources to all, or has access to all its own resources. So the moon is going to be particularly strong, and the moon in, in Hellenistic astrology can represent various things, but it is a reflected light that uh, can represent our, our memory, it can represent form, it represents the coming into being and the passing away of material forms. So we may be thinking a lot about how to, to build in this particular decan of Capricorn with the sun in uh, at eight degrees. And we're trying to figure out how to bring these this new vision to fruition, okay? So I'm going to stop my share for a second, and we'll look at the, the tarot cards associated with these two decanic placements. So here we have the Two of Cups and the Two of Pentacles. Now, the sun is going to be represented here by the Two of Pentacles, and in it you see a figure that is juggling two different discs and potentially trying to figure out what would be a new fertile location to plant a new seed or to have a new goal or to accomplish some kind of material objective. And this is something we may have really started to feel at that solar eclipse, even though that, that eclipse was a paradox. That eclipse was maybe the beginning of letting go of some old belief systems that might be keeping us from achieving what our heart's desire might be. And now we're getting to the point where we are experiencing uh, potentially some help, uh, a union with our, our vision with, with form, and something may be coming to fruition that we've been trying to plan for the last few weeks. Now, this one's really interesting because we are, we're trying to juggle and, and try to figure out what new location would be most fruitful. And we're having to balance that, that very material reality out with, you know, what is going to nurture us and what is going to support us, okay, uh, emotionally as well. The moon was associated with emotions. It was associated with feelings and with kind of the, the surroundings that we have. If the sun is more of a, a, a point of gnosis, a point of light where we are trying to enact some divine vision, the, the moon is, is kind of how are we going to, um, where, where are we going to plant that seed and what does the environment look like? So with these particular oppositions, we may be really trying to figure out how do we infuse the goal that we have, the new uh, terrain with soul. And this is something I've been thinking a lot about as, as I've been, uh, you know, trying to rest up a little bit in, in the past few days. I said I was going to take some time off until 2021, but I just felt inspired to come on and do a do do a video. So here we are, um, and this particular uh, sun position is conjoining the fixed star Fosses. So I wanted to show you this real quick, and then we'll talk about this movie that I watched yesterday called Soul. And I'll, I'll give you the spoiler alert um, if you don't want to have that not be spoiled for you if you haven't seen it yet, but. Fosses is the eye of the centaur. So this is the constellation Sagittarius that we're looking at here. 
And if we if we zoom in a little bit, we can see that the sun is conjoining right around the eye. Okay, so this is where we're trying to have a vision, uh, where we're potentially we may have a ruthless, single-minded focus, where we're trying to drive towards the new goal without without necessarily having thought of the collateral damage. You could compare this to maybe having a horse with blinders on. So this may be where we're really focused on something new. We're focused on really questioning what our new places and the new paradigm, the new, the new Jupiter Saturn in air paradigm that may be decentralized, where we're, you know, definitely feeling a new impulse. I know personally, I've been feeling new impulses to do something uh, in a in an innovative way, and that this this particular lunation has a very close uh, sextile with Uranus. So we have a trine from the sun to Uranus, and we have a sextile from the moon to Uranus. So we're being given this kind of universal cosmological impulse to maybe shatter the way we've always do, done something and do something in a new way. So, but the danger, I guess, with fossies is that we, we may uh, be a little bit too narrow-minded or a little bit too narrowly focused. So I think what this lunation is asking us to do is to really reconnect with the spirit that is animating the, the goal. And this, this really leads us, I think, to, uh, to speaking about um, the next fixed star, which would be the, the sun, I'm sorry, the moon. If we go directly to the full moon, we're going to see that the, the moon here is going to be conjoined this fixed star, Alhina. And this is the heel of one of the twins in Gemini believe that this was the heel of, excuse me, of Pollux. And with the moon uh, conjoining by projected ecliptical degree, Alhina, any, any place that we have a, a, a deity, and they, the ancients thought of these constellations as deities, where the foot was touching the earth, this was kind of a wound that you were sustaining. This was a, a maybe a, a place where you were um, losing some of your divinity because you were touching something in the mundane. So there's always a price for whatever it is that we are trying to achieve. And they called this fixed star the proudly marching one because we were trying to achieve some kind of goal. And this may be something where we are trying to think about why are we doing what we're doing? What is really animating our sense of purpose? And it's, it's a little bit different energy than Fosse's because Fosse's is just like very sing singularly minded and focusing on what that goal is and what, what we are trying to achieve in that target. And we may not necessarily be thinking of the why. And I think with this opposition, we're really being asked, well, what is it that is really motivating? What is your spark? And this kind of brings us back to this kind of uh, this movie that I just watched yesterday. And here's the point in the show where you might, if, you're, if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to skip ahead a few minutes because I am going to talk about the movie a little bit. Hopefully I won't spoil the entire movie. I really enjoyed it. I sat down with my family and we watched this Pixar film uh, called Soul. And in it, we have a high school music teacher who is a, a jazz piano player and he is he has a dream he has a goal he's like fossies he's he's very focused on being able to play uh, with this particular jazz quartet and he he has this vision that the the he's going to get his shot that he's going to get his um 
I don't know, the one gig, you know, the one gig that'll change everything. And he has those kind of horse blinders on. I thought it was, this was just such a perfect representation of this particular uh, lunation. And throughout the course of the movie, he ends up uh, dying and uh, is trying to come back to earth to, to achieve this particular goal. And he does, but he ends up coming back to earth and in a different form and accompanied by another uh, soul that is is maybe a little bit reluctant to to be incarnated, which I think some of us can probably relate to at certain points in our life. And uh, he, he it, it talks about his adventures and trying to achieve this goal. And eventually he does. And eventually he gets to have his special gig, spoiler alert. Um, but he has this kind of, um, I would say, epiphany that uh, over the course of the movie, the new soul is um, experiencing some of the, the smaller things in life, some of the, the more mundane pleasures, rather than this big achievement. And I think uh, there's this realization after this gentleman achieves his goal of playing the special gig, that um, not much had changed. He was still the same person. And he, you know, it's not like... Uh, and this is true for those of you who understand the music business. I, I I had this very experience myself. That's why I was really moved by this movie. Um, a lot of the times when we're chasing a dream, we think that we'll have this one shot, this one opportunity that will change everything. And it's not really the way that it works, especially in the music business, but also with, with any type of goal that we may be trying to achieve. Um, we may have milestones, but the, the, real, the real gift is, I think, in the journey. And I think that this person realizes this, where he's he's having this conversation with this other musician, where, what do we do now? And it's like, well, you show up, you show up again, and you do the same thing, and you keep showing up, you keep showing up for your art. And that was an experience I, I definitely felt very strongly, where I had this, I had this experience where I was trying to release an album, and it took me ten years because I was such a perfectionist, and I had other things going on in my life. I had other uh, duties. I had parental duties. I had teaching duties, much like this character in this movie. And um, I really enjoyed the teaching and I, I enjoyed the parenting. <laughs> and, um, but there was always something gnawing at the back of my mind that I'll, I would get my, my shot, so to speak. And, and I finally thought that that was going to happen with releasing an album. And it took a long time, but I finally did release that album. And I had this feeling, to be honest with you, I had this feeling of emptiness afterwards because it was like I'd crafted my entire identity on releasing this particular album. And after it was done, it was like, well, now what? My life hasn't necessarily changed. I've achieved this milestone, but what does that mean? You know, what does that, how do I find meaning and purpose and identity after I've achieved the goal? And um, I think that I, I really related to uh, the gentleman in this movie trying to learn to appreciate some of the smaller things, some of the, maybe even the more domestic pleasures that we could think about with the moon in Cancer. Uh, what are some of the smaller, more, um, I don't know, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be measurable type of things, the measurable, not the measurable gifts, but the more, uh, think, the more essence type of gifts that you're experiencing. Learning to just be. And this really brings us uh, to the, the hexagram that I pulled for you in the I Ching, 
Now the I Ching, you take three coins and you cast them six times and you get these lines that are either broken or unbroken. And some of them are changing. So you have, it's basically telling you kind of a circumstance, how the energy is shifting and where it is potentially going. And in this particular hexagram, I got the number two, which is called natural response, which is all open lines where we're trying to receive inspiration. And it's moving to the hexagram 62, which they call the small, which is very interesting. And in the changing lines, they talked about letting others claim the fame, right? Just like this, this other, this music teacher, letting others, you know, maybe get the glory, uh, but concentrating on doing the best job that you possibly can. The recognition will come in time and maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you'll have the, the gift of knowing that you did the best job that you possibly could. There was one other changing line, which talked about um, being able to keep a low profile. Uh, sometimes there is a little bit of caution required when we're heading towards a goal uh, and we have to develop our inner resources. Um, sometimes if we uh, become a little bit too high profile, if we fly too high, one of the quotes with this, uh, the small number 62 was, when birds fly high, they lose their song. And uh, maybe this is talking about if we're trying to achieve a goal that is too ambitious, we may lose the spark, which was one of the themes of the, the, the movie uh, that, that was animating that goal in the first place, the love. And uh, I, I thought that, that this, I'm just amazed at how um, different divinatory or oracular systems can really inform uh, our practice. So one of the themes of the movie was the zone, right? And he talks about this feeling of being out, this out-of-body experience. And a lot of you can probably attest to this. When you're doing something that you really love or you're really passionate about, uh, you may feel that you've gotten into this, this out-of-body spiritual type of experience. Now, one of the interesting things in the movie is that there were uh, benefits from being in the zone, but there was also a dark side of being in the zone where you could possibly become uh, lost, where if you were pursuing the goal at, at all cost, you became this lost soul that wasn't necessarily connected to life anymore. And I also can uh, attest to this experience. There's been times in the past where I've been so focused on achieving a certain goal. Like when I was you know, doing my album a few years ago, there was times where I, I took the, the work home and I would forget to eat. I would forget to sleep. I would forget to, to connect with the people in my life. And you can sometimes pursue a goal to the point of just becoming unaware of all the other things in life that are, that are beautiful. And I think that that's part of what this lunation is trying to, to speak to us, that if we pursue that goal at the expense of life, we can become disconnected from it. So uh, we have to really take into account and balance. Full moons, we don't necessarily have to solve a full moon. Okay, this is what, what some of the mistake that we make with oppositions is we think we have to solve the opposition. Sometimes we just have to be able to carry the paradox and the duality of knowing that we may be moving towards a goal, but also uh, saying that it's okay just to be. I think that's the, something that I'm really wanted to focus on today is that I know that I've seen a lot of my friends, my colleagues, all of them, I think, searching for whatever the new goal may be, whatever the new form that 2021 may take, you know, what are, what are our New Year's resolutions? And I think at this point, it is important to have that on one hand and to be able to hold that 
and to hold intention. And on the other hand, to allow yourself just to be a soul, just to be, uh, it's okay for you just to be you. You don't necessarily have to be doing anything to, to be able to receive recognition, gratitude. Sometimes it's okay just to be ourself. And um, I think that's the, the powerful message that I have for you today is just how can you allow yourself to be when you're pursuing these new material things? How can you take the blinders off so that you're appreciating the journey as you go along and some of the maybe more mundane, beautiful things in your life, maybe some of the more domestic things? Uh, there, is, um, there is integrity in doing the small things. There is uh, humility that comes with, you know, taking out the garbage <laughs> that comes through cleaning your house up or through spending time with a loved one or with a child or with somebody that you care about. That is something to be applauded. And you don't have to do some grandiose gesture to be able to uh, express that to, the, to your community. Sometimes just being able to express uh, who you are in smaller ways can lead to more truth and more essence. So I hope that was helpful for you today. Uh, I, I'm trying to keep these short, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, maybe shorter. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I tend to be a little verbose, but thank you so much for, for being with me here today. And I hope that the full moon treats you well. Uh, if you like the, the work that I'm doing here, I do have a few donation links in these videos, a PayPal me or a Venmo. I'm trying my hardest to keep my content as free and accessible as I possibly can. I have a little bit of an existential crisis with paywalls, and the way that you can help me keep this content free is maybe by donating fairly regularly if you want to keep it free. Um, this is something that I really struggle with, and I've thought about doing Patreons, I've thought about doing something like a Kickstarter or whatnot, um, and they all have their pluses and their minuses, um, but I'm going to try my best to keep uh, knowledge flowing to you in as free of a form as I possibly can. So that's the, the best way you can support my work is through those direct donations right now. Um, I reserve the right to change my mind later to see if it works, what works and what doesn't. Um, but that's where we're at. And uh, the other thing that you can do is, is hit that like button, make sure that you're subscribed. And um, yeah, that's the, the housekeeping things that I have for you today. I hope that you're all doing well. Thank you so much for being here with me today, and I will talk to you soon. Peace.